Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as always by my friend, the founder and the CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, there's this sense that like, it's my startup and I'll cry if I want to, or I'll win if I want to, but it's mine, right? And, and I, I control the destiny and, and it's mine, right? It's this thing that's mine. And yet, so often we see, particularly on the, the, the VC route, that as you climb and climb and climb through fundraise after fundraise after fundraise, that at some point you're squeezed so far down in the cap table that it can look like there's very, very little upside left for you as the founder. How the hell do we get here? Oh, look, it happens all the time. <laughs> right? And if you're listening, it's and if you've raised, it's probably already happened to you. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't a one-off. Typically, though, we don't really know what's happening to everybody else in these capital raises. Sure. We don't get to see everybody else's cap table. So in our minds, we're probably getting a super shitty deal. And by the way, we probably are. But maybe everybody else is getting a better deal. Yeah. The only real look you can get, if, you, if you're really curious as to how these things end, is when you look at the filings of companies about to go public and you look how much the executives own. Sure, sure. Right? It's, it's almost always single digits. Now, in good times, like the last few years have been particularly good, valuations are high. So startups tend to get, or founders tend to get, you know, a better, a better uh, lot. But in most times, the average founder, by the time they hit IPO stage, and again, I'm trying to play this all the way out, um, is in the single digits. Now, and that's if you get to IPO, which means you had a really successful company, which <laughs> yep. usually implies, right, that you had better rounds. Now let's talk about the rest of us, the mere mortals who, who <laughs> won't, won't ever hit that stage. We are two years in, We've done friends and family. We've done co-founder rounds, so to speak. We've done the um, the, the seed round. And we're already at like 12%. Yep. And we're like, okay, I haven't even really raised a lot of money yet. Once we, If we take on more Series A, what have you, let's see if we can even get it. I'm going to be pretty far down the stack. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day every day working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. The other scenario is all those things have already happened. I've already raised my cash, you know, whatever. I've got X amount of percentage. I'm behind all of these other preferences uh, of all the other people that invested. And the company's just doing okay. If I work here 10 more years, I won't have any more upside. Like, like this is as good as it gets yep. and I've got what I've got, right? What do I do about that? I'm the founder. How the hell do I get out of this situation? And we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. So let's start, man. So what is this really? It, it, you know, what do we call this? Um, <laughs> uh, we call it being screwed. Yeah. No. Um, we look at it and we say, at this point, I've got to be very mindful that I have a shit deal. Yep. Here's the problem. It's the reality though, right? I mean, it, it that, is. that is the reality. And, but I, I want to be careful here because uh, you and I, you and I talked about this uh, a bit over the last few weeks and, and again, pre-show today, we're not saying you did something wrong and now you've landed in shit deal this is sort of the way it goes, right? This isn't, this isn't a Part series of, this, of yeah. mistakes or things that you could have done differently. It's a shitty deal because that's the nature of this type of deal, right? Here's where I see it a lot. I see it a lot with, with 
folks that have raised quite a bit of cash and people don't see this from the outside. So I'll give you the insider's perspective. I've got a good friend of mine comes to me. He's uh, been in business for about eight or nine years. He's raised about 20 to $30 million. And he said, look, I've got a handful of points left in the cap table. You know, we had some down rounds, we had mm. some bridge loans, et cetera, yep. but I'm 10 years in, you know, eight to 10 years in, and I'm long since through all of my personal capital. So that's gone. Right. Right. I get an okay salary, but we've never done so well that I could get it extraordinary. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. And the company's doing okay. You know, it's not yeah. terrible, but it's not really going to be exponential, but I'm tethered to this thing. Everyone else can quit. I'm tethered to this thing, at least in my mind, for like the next five to 10 years. I'm screwed. Let's hold on. Let's hold on a point here for just a second, Will, because I think this is important. Because the company's just doing well enough, but it's not in a position where it can now continue on an exponential path. This is a problem, right? This isn't a problem for a lot of companies, right? For companies that didn't take on capital, that didn't squeeze the owner down, it's okay, right? What's the pejorative term we use for them now? Lifestyle businesses, as if that isn't oh, what right, we're all right, trained yeah, yeah. to build, right? Um, yep. But so you can't have that, right? If you've gone the, the capital raising route and you are now squeezed way down on the cap table, there's no version of just having a good and stable company that's going to leave you with any type of real upside as a founder, right? Right. And, and that's the thing. Ryan, we've got startups.com. We're a privately held company. We yep. didn't raise money. We could do whatever we want. We take distributions. We can do all the things that companies can do. So for us, we determine our own fate. Yes. Once we take on money, and a lot of people don't realize this until they've done it, those options usually go off the table. Correct. And that's a lot of what we're talking about. If you own 10% of the company, but you're taking big fat distributions every year, getting your big salary or whatever, it may feel like less of a shit deal. Yep. But if you're forced into a below market salary with no ability to have cash upside and no real visibility as to what, whether your equity is ever going to transfer, and even if it does, you're probably so backed up in the cap table that by the time that money would make it to you, you'd have to have such an exponential outcome. And unfortunately, you know exactly what your chances are because you're, you're the yeah. closest to it there, yep. right? You can pretend to be optimistic, but late at night when you're staring at the ceiling, you're like, this is never going to fucking happen. Yeah. When right? it's become but, fairly obvious that that growth curve can be steady and stable, but not rocket ship, this exactly. takes a lot of motivation out, right? The wind kind of comes out of the sails at that point because you now know, right? The probability of us ever reachieving that growth curve, or if we ever had it to begin with, is relatively low. And the likelihood of any other type of big outcome is extremely small. And you don't have the ability to do all the things we just talked about, like distributions or profit share, whatever it right. is that would give you some internal upside. What is there, right? And this, this is where it gets really, really emotionally tough for founders. Yeah, I, I think that uh, a big part of it is, again, we feel alone in this. <laughs> For sure. You know, as we're thinking about it, we, we've got these really tough emotions. One emotion is, I don't deserve to feel this way. I created this situation. Yeah. Yep. And so if it's a shitty situation, then I have to deal with it. Like, I have to own it, et cetera. And, and I'm not taking accountability off the table here, okay? Because, yes, it is your situation. Yes, you created it. But it doesn't mean you are tethered to it. Like you're the captain that has to go to the, the bottom of the ocean <laughs> while everybody else floats off in life rafts. Right, that's, right. That's not what that means. And guess what, Ryan? Every founder that I talk to about this has no idea that they have any other option. They just assume that they're all forever shackled. 
and the the outcome of the boat is their outcome. The oh, Titanic's man. going down, they're going down. And they don't even realize, they've forgotten that they have options. If, if you were to ask me what the most powerful force in all of startup land is, it's inertia, right? It's Once we start doing something, we just assume that we forever have to keep doing that same thing. We have to stay that course. Absolutely. Um, and it, it happens in a lot of different scenarios, but this is one of those, I think, because of the complexity and because of what's at stake. I mean, we're literally talking about the the company and the value that it represents to you. This feels pretty pretty important, right? Like this isn't something right. we're just like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll just walk away. So of, of course that's not going to be your, your, your first instinct. Um, but it is a possibility, right? And I think that we forget that we do have some options here and that we're not necessarily inextricably tied to this thing. Of course we aren't, and we know that. And yet we don't see an alternative that feels even remotely close to just continuing to suffer through it with a little upside. So we'll do that. So what should we be doing right. instead? Like what, what is the outcome here? Sure. So, you know, the way we talk about it, and Ryan, when you and I talk to founders, is we first remind them that you still require incentive. <laughs> yep. And so we talk about this sometimes in some of the podcasts, but let me just, just remind folks of this component. There are two factors to how you're engaged in the company. As an owner, that's where the stock comes in, a lot of what we're complaining about right now. And as an employee, yep. the two are not inextricably linked. People forget this. In fact, most founders don't even know this. They assume, well, I'm an owner, so of course uh, I have to work there. Yeah. And again, this is more about there are two separate roles. If you decide that you don't want to work there and you quit today, chances are, other than you know how your vesting works, you still have your stock, just like yep. your investors do, right? Just like your team does. If you decide that you're going to go work somewhere else, you'll get a salary somewhere else, right? You'll get paid separately. You'll have incentives somewhere else. At which point you work at this company, but you have no incentive, you just have a shitty job. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I don't think people think in those terms. They just assume, again, I started this thing. I'm tethered to this thing. This is my lot in life, and I'm just screwed. You have to have incentive. And especially as it, in this case, I'm talking about as it relates to uh, investors. The investor's job is to make sure you stay incentivized. Here's what they do. They say, well, you have stock. You're incentivized. And there's some you know, truth to that argument. Sure. But there's another way to look at it is I had stock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sell it all to try to create more value for everybody around me. right? And now I don't have it. And, and with that, my incentive. That's, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's so tough too. I mean, like <laughs> that conversation with investors, we've seen this play out where it's like, yeah, I have stock in the company. So do you. Uh, you made a one-time investment that, by the way, is less than what my my market salary would be for a single year. I've been doing yep. this for eight years. Um, you still have the same position on the cap table, and yet I never see you show up here. Now, that wasn't part of yep. the original deal, but it doesn't mean that it's not disincentivizing, right? Like when it's we look around, thing. it's the same thing, right? When we look right, around right. and the we function's see the same. what else is happening and, and sort of where we sit in all this, right? Like I now have the least upside. I have the most responsibility uh, and and I'm tied to this in ways that nobody else is, right? Like you're talking about your friend who's now buried all of their personal capital in this as well. So it's like, if I stop this, I am I am worse off than I was nine years ago when I started this, right? Not a great feeling after having invested right. what we invest as founders in this. So yeah, we have to have some forward looking incentive. I think the moment the incentive becomes I'm running from the fear of failure versus right. I'm running towards an outcome that I actually want to achieve. 
we've got a problem, right? And and it's right. one that has to be addressed sooner than later. And I, and I don't know what your experience with this will, but I, the founders I talk to, most of them are dealing with this way, way, way too late, right? It's they're they're at that Correct. point where they're or not just, at all. We're not at all, which I would throw in the way too late bucket, um, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're just, yeah, you, you got to do something about this and you got to do it at a point where you still have the energy and motivation to do something with that, right? If you're just running from the fear of failure and you just don't want to lose more than you've already lost, it doesn't end well, right? And this is just not going to turn around in a way that's going to be positive for you as the founder. Yeah, you know, and so part of what I would say is uh, there's no version if we're waiting for someone else to do this for us, where that's going to happen. There's no version where someone pulls us aside and says, hey, Ryan, you know, I just don't feel like like, like you have enough incentive in the company. Here are some of my stock. Wait, wait, wait. Are you literally never going to Are you telling me that the, the founder fairy godmother is a myth, Will? No, I mean, like we keep assuming that it's going to come externally. Yeah. Right. Right. Externally, it only goes one way. People taking things from you. Right. (laughs) Externally, no one gives anything to (laughs) you you know, other than cash, but then they take your equity. Right. As they should. For the founder, we have to sit back. We have to have this moment of self-reflection and we have to say, okay, here's where I'm at in life. Forget what happened up until now. Here is where I'm at. Right. I need to have these things in life. I need to be at this point. I need to be in a situation where either I can see a path to this, uh, you know, with um, with my current job, or not. Yeah. And and yeah. at some point, we just have to be honest with ourselves. Once we are, and we say, look, I actually I can't like keep going on running into debt nonstop and like, like basically running backward. Like most of the folks that I know that are in this position uh, have been through the same gauntlet, which is they went three to five years of getting no pay at all. Uh, used all of their personal savings, all of their assets, drained yeah. everything personally just to get to the point where they were getting funded, et cetera. Got funded, got a basic salary, which by then they were so thankful for, right? <laughs> yep. But again, they're seven, eight years plus into this. Uh, not always, but you know, usually. And they're like, damn, dude, like I lost so much money just to get to this point. And I actually don't have a magical you know, treasure chest of cash to replenish all this. So I want to build a house or buy a house rather, or, or, you know, my I, kids are going to college, who knows by then, whatever the, the expenses yep. are, I'm looking at it going, I actually can't afford to live. And that's not okay. No, that's no. not okay. Not for what we put into these things. Correct. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. There has to be a reckoning. There has to be a point where we go back to the board and say, I need, as an employee, I need a new deal. That, that may include uh, more incentive comp for stock, for cash, or whatever it is. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Here's why. And, and, and my friend who I mentioned earlier uh, did exactly that. And we talked through it at length and we put a plan together. We talked about how to approach the board, et cetera. And I said, let them know that you're not bitter, you're not angry, and you, you own the fact that you put yourself in the situation, you try to make the, the right decisions. But the situation also is what it is. Here's what, where you need to be in life, and here's where the company is falling short, like any other human, 
right? And you have to be willing to say, if we can't account for this, then I have to find another situation that will. Yep. That's a tough position to take, right? especially like when you made the commitment to all those folks. But what's important isn't so much, it's not a threat. It's you guys have to understand where I am with my life, my career, my family, if I have one, et cetera, and what I'm trying to get accomplished. Unless we are painfully clear about that fact, no one will paint that picture for us ever. It's absolutely true. I, I would love to, I'm going to pull the audience now. Well, this probably isn't going to work very well, but I'm going to pull the audience right now. I'd like everybody to raise your hand. If you knew that you could actually go and do this, uh, because I talk <laughs> to founders all the time. They're like, wait, I can go back. I can talk to my board. I can talk to my investors. We can renegotiate. Yeah, you can. Um, is it fun? Uh, is it, is it a happy conversation that everybody's just willing to jump into with both feet? Typically not. But to your point, Will, sometimes we get to the point where it's the only way to move forward, right? We have to change tact. We have to change path in order to make this viable for us as well as them, right? If we just give up and fold, it doesn't benefit them either. So, you know, not a great place to be in. The leverage that you have in this situation sucks. It's not fun to use, but you can do it. Um, I'm, I'm listening now. I, I heard exactly, it sounds like three hands go up, Will, out of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, so it doesn't sound like too many people knew you could do this. Um, well, but yeah, great point. Let's talk about how to do it. Yep. Uh, just for what it's worth, because I think if folks are listening, they're like, okay, this sounds great. Please tell me exactly how to go about this. <laughs> yeah. And having coached some folks through it before, uh, I'll, I'll give you just a, a quick hint. Here's the worst way. Um, at the next board meeting, spring it on everybody. <laughs> and just say, Surprise. hey, next slide, here it is. <laughs> right. I'd like you to I'm meet my replacement. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't do that. That's actually the worst way to go about uh, it. It sounds like fun. Here's how to go about it. Uh, let's say on your typical board, let's say you've got five to seven people. In almost every case, hopefully, you have one person who is most friendly to your cause. Yes. Right. Typically, the person you inserted onto the board. If you have nobody that's friendly to your cause, I can already tell you how this conversation right. is going to end. Step one: but, I'm adding my mother to the board of directors. Yeah, Step yeah, two: yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about my replacement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first step: Long before there's any board meeting or or what have you, is you have to get in front of your friendly. You have to explain to them at a very personal level. Yes. Say like. Uh, uh, this has nothing to do with the company. Company is fine. This is me at a personal level. Here's where I'm at from an energy standpoint, from a life standpoint, et cetera. I can't keep going like this. It's, it's got nothing to do. Like, I actually like what the company's doing. And I want to be a part of that, but I'm no longer in a position where it's actually working out for me anymore. Yeah. I've, I've taken all like the, the, the freebies, if you will, where I pulled out of my savings, you know, I've drained my retirement, whatever. It's all gone, man. Right. Yeah. Like I can't be totally leveraged. And typically the irony is all the people on the board, none of them are in that spot. You know, whenever the investor is like, well, we're on the same side of the table. It's like, dude, you flew here in a private jet. We're <laughs> not on the same side of the table. <laughs> we're on me? the same side of the table now. How we got here was very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Uh, it's a ridiculous argument. A whole other podcast. Yeah. But first thing we want to do is we want to isolate our friendly, get them sympathetic to our cause. But most importantly, get them to help us tune up our approach and our story and our expectations. Yeah. So, for example, let's say that uh, we're in year five. Uh, we're making $140,000. And compared to making $0,000 previously, that was all the money in the world. Yeah. But compared to what we think we can make in the market, maybe we could make $200,000 in the market. Just make it up a number. Doesn't matter. But because if you average over the last five or six years, we made zero on all those years, we've averaged like $50,000 a year. Yeah. Most of that all averaged on the high in the last 18 months, probably. So we're broke. And so we have to be able to kind of repaint that picture for our friendly 
because they'll have forgotten or not cared or just didn't know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I, 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 it's so important because, you know, to your point, taking this, this time to kind of explain this from a very personal nature, those aren't updates they've been getting, right? They don't right. know your personal financial situation in all likelihood. They, they, they may or may not care, but they probably don't know. Right. And so it's incumbent on us again, communicate this stuff to them. Uh, we'll, don't want to derail you. I like where we're going with this, but one quick question. Um, in terms of the development of the friendly, I've seen this done multiple ways, uh, but beyond the friendly, do you recommend going with individual conversations for the rest or do you get the friendly on board and then you bring this to the board all at once again? I've seen founders oh, yeah, do yeah, this no, no. both ways. So but here are the next steps. Yeah, so um, the next step is for, if you have another friendly, obviously having two friendlies, always one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, always live, never email conversations, never, 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 never want to go that way because reading the response is the conversation. So if, again, for, for the wall, audience, live doesn't mean Slack either, right? Live yeah, doesn't mean yeah, SMS, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, not, email, not, yeah, not, like, yeah, talk is, to the people. This is the epitome of a human conversation. Yes. Um, even if it's hard to bring up or hard to have, you've got to have it in person. Especially uh, it because it's hard to have, right? You have yes, to have it. It'll, it'll fail otherwise. Yes. Once we get our first friendly, that that is now our ambassador for the rest of this process. Yep. So if we go to each person individually, maybe we have a good relationship with each person, we can do that. Chances are probably not, right? You know, there's a couple people who we're, we're good with and the rest uh, could go either way, but aren't necessarily going out of our way to, to, uh, to help us. The friendly then becomes, you know, this board member then becomes uh, the person who's helping us sell this to everybody else. Yep. Right. So the next most important thing is to have more than one board member so that the, the focus at this point is getting the second board member on board with this approach. Sure. And really what we're saying is we're not really sure maybe what the comp plan is going to be yet, but more than one of us on the board believes that we need to take care of you. Right. That, that your, your incentive structure is broken. We don't want to lose you. And so we're listening. Once we have two people, it's not a lock. But it's, I rarely see it go the other direction. Sure. And so at that point, once we've got two people, by the time we get to the uh, board meeting, we should have talked to everybody before the board meeting. This is politics 101, yep. right? You, you never want to wonder what's going to happen in the board <laughs> meeting. You should have figured that out long before the board don't meeting. Don't ask the question that you don't know the answer to, or at least the, exactly. the vector that it's going to be answered in, right? Exactly. So the board meeting should make it more official if that's where it needs to yeah. happen. And again, this may happen between a board meeting. But ultimately... What you want to find out is if you have a spectrum, right? Um, it wouldn't be exactly five depending on co-founders, but let's say you've got five board members that aren't you and your co-founders. You want your friendly, then one other person. Then of course, you've got three other people uh, that you've got to convince. There's always your friendly on one end of the scale and a complete asshole on the other end of the scale. Yeah. And really all of this is just working your way up to that boss level, Yeah. right? In, until you get to your, uh, into this, you know, the one person that's clearly not going to be on board. And Really, what we're doing is we're building a case among enough people that say that this has to get done. Yeah. The more people that, that we win over, the more of a foregone conclusion that yep. we can do this at all. Yep. If you've got the prevailing wind in your favor, one or two standing against it isn't going to matter that much. Here's what's most important about the first person and certainly the second person. They'll let you know what the temperature of the organization is, of the board sure. is sure. about something like this. Basically, if in your mind, you're like, well, hey, I was making a buck 40, but I could go to McKinsey and make 350, so you should pay me 350. 
And they're like, you're out of your mind. Like <laughs> you, one, you've never gotten a job offer like that. Number two, you're 26 years old. What makes you think you could possibly right. you know, get that? Like they'll bring you back down to earth, being 26 right? is exactly what makes me think that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing any better. <laughs> but again, the, the idea being we need to talk to somebody outside of our, our own head to find out whether we're even on the same plane. Sure, sure, sure. The other side of it is they could look at it and go, honestly, like you're right. Everything you're saying is correct. You should be paid more. You're worth more. You're all these things. And I don't know how we're going to do that. Right. Right. Uh, again, uh, you're looking for that external validation to see if you're exactly, it's, it is even possible. Sure. Yeah. You got to, you got to open the door for possibilities. I, I, I like, I like the way you structured that. I think it is important to know that you don't have to come with all the answers, but you have to bring the conversation to the table, right? There 100%. is no upside in continuing to run with no upside, right? There's, there's just <laughs> nothing, nothing is going to come of that. Right. And so you have to do this, right? And so you don't have to have all the answers, right? I don't think anybody's going to expect that. You got to come with some level of a framework around what you think needs to happen, at least being able to clearly articulate what the pain points within it are for you so that you know what has to get fixed, maybe not how, but what, uh, and then you're on good footing to move forward with a meeting and, and with conversations that I think you can find yourself in a better position, or if not, at least you know where you stand and then and then you kind of have the the bigger harder scarier decision in front of you which is do i continue to do this at all right okay so stick with that so i've also got some scenarios where this where that is the answer yep. where the board comes back and they said it, it by the way it was never as contentious as we thought it would be right again sometimes <laughs> the answer is no but it's not necessarily like this intense like uh argument oh come on there's nobody like pounding their fist on the other end of the table like you know you gotta stick you with this we put our money and i put my kids college right. savings into this yeah right right, right. Doesn't right. look like that um i mean it can <laughs> uh but 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 so usually much more fun. what i find is a certain amount of sympathy um for the for the founder's plight but here's the big difference if we rely on sympathy as a whole yeah hey I, you know i haven't made enough money i have to do this etc the probability of success is pretty low. Sure. Instead, we have to rely on consequence. Everyone responds to consequence. Oh, yes. Yeah. Here is what will happen if this doesn't happen. Yep. So here's how we approach that, right? It's never a threat, right? It just, it's not even appropriate. What it is, is, is it's, a, it's a workaround, yep. right? It says, look, uh, if we can't make this happen, my goals still need to be met. Yep. This, the, the, answer to this won't be my goals don't matter. That's actually not even a discussion. My goals matter, right? And you have to be resolute. The answer will be, here's how we'll try to move forward without me. Yep. Right. Um, saying I'll quit and go fuck yourself, figure it out is not the right answer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a threat, right? Yep. Works well at a fast food job. Very, very rarely anywhere else. A resolution is, look, um, if we can't make this happen, here's what I think it would take to replace me. And here's how long I think it would take to find the candidate that could do that. Yep. Right. And I'll, and I'll move to usually the chairman role. That's how they put CEOs out to pasture. Um, and from there we'll, um, we'll operate the company accordingly. Right. You have to remind people that you are not an indentured servant. Yeah. If I leave, let's find someone else. Cause I still have equity. I'm on the same side of the table you are, but I'm not an indentured servant. I don't Correct. have to work here for shit pay. Yep. Right? It's not the way this works. Yep. Um, and by the way, you're an investor too. You don't have to work here at all. Right. <laughs> it's so I'm pretty sure your equity and mine are the same, right? Yeah. Um, and so the, if, if we go into this without addressing consequence, the consequence is I leave, we'll have to find someone else. 
And if we don't take care of this and, and realign incentives, um, there will be a problem. Yeah. If there's no problem, if the problem is just my feelings are hurt and we're relying on sympathy, the probability of that it's super low. Yeah. You'll, you'll get paid in empathy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with our, uh, with our friendly and ideally kind of, you know, our, our backup friendly, if you will, we've got to be able to develop that pitch, you know, to be able to develop that, that proposal to say, if this doesn't happen, no hard feelings, but here's what's going to happen next. Yeah. And I've, I've yet to see someone propose, this is what's going to happen and come back without a job, right? It's very rare, unless they really did it wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're saying that like everybody just decides, yeah, let's shudder it. That, that feels like a better outcome. Yeah, rarely the case. And, and it's not just, I mean, okay, that can happen. But I think that's the scenario where there's a lot of other things going wrong in the business and it's on a downward trajectory. I think what we're talking about is the business is relatively fine, right? It's just no longer fine for you, right? Your upside is now yep. limited. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that happen either. Well, the, the thing I will say, be prepared for some potential hypocrisy here because um, I've, I've seen founders <laughs> get caught off guard by this where it's like, all right, so um, we're going to need to go and find somebody else who can do this job, you know, for, for what we're paying me and, and I will cease to get paid and I will just have equity like the rest of you. And they're like, there's no way we could find somebody to do what you do for what we're paying you. Bingo. Gotcha. Right. But, but, but I've seen founders get caught off guard by this, right? They're like, right. and I didn't know what to say. I'm like, well, what were you thinking? I was thinking, well, that's a bunch of shit, man. If you expect me to like, yes, that that's exactly it. Right. But so right. be prepared for that, right? Be, be willing to, to accept that there may be some pushback. Uh, and, and, you know, this is often a way where I've seen this play out a couple different ways, but one, the person still, you know, did step aside. They hired somebody else. They put them in place um, at, at, at the same salary, right. Or maybe a higher salary, or they just decided to raise the founder's compensation, knowing that they were likely the best person they could find for that role, given all the historical context, given, you know, all of the time and effort they'd put in and that trying to find somebody else to do that for same or a little more or whatever was going to be more fraught with risk than simply right sizing them. And, and so, right. you know, this is often how we get to that outcome that we want. Again, not a great and lovely piece of leverage to have to wield, but it's effective. Yeah, exactly. There has to be some, some level of consequence. Yep. And it doesn't have to be a threat. No, it has to be just, if we don't do this, here's what I would propose next. Yeah. And again, it's bringing somebody else in, maybe uh, bringing somebody up you know, from within the current team to kind of run things, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. It's not a threat. It's just the reality of the situation. Correct. And, and, and we have to be very clear about why this is happening, yeah. right? Again, if we come across like uh, we just sound like we're childish about it, like yeah. you know, we didn't get our way, yeah. it's not going to work, right? Either let um, me play with the clown or I'm taking all my toys and I'm going home, right? Like, yeah, like, dude, I'm fried, I'm broke, and I'm at a stage in my life where I, I can't bet yeah. five to 10 years on you know past comp. It just right. doesn't work that way. Um, I'm not in a position where I can do that. More often than not, there will be some concession to be had. There, like anything else in life, there are zero concessions on what you don't ask for. And in some cases, what I've seen happen is the board says straight up no. Yeah. At that moment, instead of sitting around saying, oh, well, you know, maybe this will work itself out later, <laughs> you know exactly where you stand. Yep. And if you decide to stick around with that, so be it. But the illusions are gone. Yeah. At that point, this is what it is. And you either you got to take that deal or not. And we're going to find a new job, which again, you can certainly do. Yes, you can.
Yeah. Yeah. Again, like you said, we're not indentured servants. We're not tied to this thing um, through through anything other than our own emotions. Um, and so we got it. We got to start to decide what is best for us as founders. And I, you know, I think we've, we've laid it out pretty clearly today uh, that you find yourself in this position where there's no upside to run towards and you're just running away from failure um, or even just running on the treadmill that isn't benefiting you in any way, isn't elevating you, isn't changing your life circumstances for the positive. That's the time where we really have to start to think about what we're doing with ourselves and uh, take some of these steps and, and try to course correct. Yeah. Yeah. It, look, there is no nobility in running yourself into the ground. There is no nobility in running yourself into the ground. Say it one more time Just, for the people in the back. Will. <laughs> I'm telling you, we all believe that like, you know, we, we're less of a founder if we don't run ourselves into the ground and drain ourselves of, of our cash and our uh, everything in life, yes. right? like every life force we could possibly have. There's nothing noble about that, right? It, it may sound noble. It's actually a terrible decision. And it's a reflection of us not standing up for what we deserve and fighting for it which is what this always comes down to. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of, from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit. And let's just start having more of these conversations.